0: Hey, what's going on? I'm Doug Huntington, and welcome to the Doug Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk about using Google Analytics in the Search Console to tease out some data that uh, some people have been asking about, and there's a couple listener questions as well, and they all sort of tie together, or at least I'm going to attempt to tie all this together. The specific questions um, are from a deal. And this one was mainly, uh, it, it was posed as like, a, I'm losing traffic and how can I tell you know what's happening? So he says he's losing traffic, he's losing impressions, they're declining. How can I find out like which keywords and which pages are impacted so I can create like an action plan? So good question there. And then Mark asks a question about, um, like why people publish so much content. And Mark's observation is that, uh, you know, the 80-20 rule applies to niche sites and two to three posts are usually bringing in the majority of traffic, um, or at least a smaller percentage are bringing in the majority of the traffic. And Mark is saying, hey, I started like eight weeks ago. I have, um, was it eight weeks? Yeah, about eight weeks ago, I have 12 posts published. And, um, nothing is really popping and in my estimation, I'm planning on publishing you know, forty more articles. and since none of the first twelve have really shown uh, themselves as the major traffic bringers in her, I don't know a better way to say that, but there's definitely one. But uh not one of the posts of the first twelve is like the main breadwinner. They're all like doing okay. So Mark is like, do we just have to, you know, publish a ton of stuff and hope something works out? Or what can we do from there? So anyway, good question. Mark has a secondary question, which ties into the search console. And before we get into it, I'm going to tell tell you about a show that I like to watch. My wife and I got into this, uh, like, reality show. It's not, um, it's not this typical kind, though. So I think there are some parallels with... Like entrepreneurship, too, or at least that is what I view. So, anyway, there's a show on the History Channel called Alone. And if you're familiar with the show, shoot me an email. Um, I'd be curious to hear. Don't, don't, no spoilers. I'm not going to have any spoilers uh, talking about it. There's about six seasons of this show alone. It's on the History Channel and it's basically a survival type show. So, they drop off 10 people in a remote location. They're all separated. They're by themselves. They're close by, but they can't like reach each other. Um, Usually there's some sort of natural barrier, like a, you know, a ridge or a lake or a river or something. So they can't get to each other. They have 10 survival items that they could bring that they choose. There's some other like standard things. Like um, I think they all get to bring a sleeping bag and it doesn't count against them for, one of their 10 items, but some examples of those items are like a fire starter, like a Pharaoh rod is the specific term. They could bring like fish hooks, a bow and arrow tarps, um, or some other sort of tent type structure, um, a knife or an ax or a multi-tool, like a Leatherman or something like that. But they drop these people off and basically it's like last person standing wins half a million dollars. And, um, it's, very intense show. They have to film it themselves. So there's no like crew with them. They have a handful of cameras. And I believe what happens from a logistical standpoint is once a week, um, like a medical crew comes in, they make sure the person is, you know, not dying, right? Because they everyone ends up in some sort of starvation mode. They can catch uh, a little bit of food or do some trapping or eat some, uh, you know, herbs and vegetables and roots or whatever that they could find out there. But um, anyway, the point is they, a medical crew comes in, they make sure the person's okay medically. And um, I believe they give them like more batteries and memory cards. Cause I always wondered about that. They have all this camera gear and then they have to uh, film it. And I'm like, how do they keep the batteries charged? But once a week, I think they get fresh, um, you know, fresh, uh, batteries, memory cards, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's an interesting show, you know, there's a lot of personalities. There's, you know, a kind of person, I guess, that tries to get on a reality show. And these are like, not the standard, like LA Hollywood type folks that are just like, I'll do anything to get on camera. These are like uh, survival people. They at least enjoy being outdoors, or else they're not going to last at all. So, everyone usually has some skills and some chops in that area. The thing I love about the show is how people have to be flexible and adapt. And I think that is, you know, kind of where I draw the parallel with entrepreneurship and like niche sites and like doing stuff where you're like i don't know if this is going to work and i may be wasting some time working on this project so for example someone on a loan might be trying to fish and they might not be able to catch any fish in a certain area using a certain method so they have to figure out how to catch fish using like whatever they have at their disposal which you know, maybe it's fish hooks and like fishing line, but they still can't catch fish. So they have to figure out a different way to do it. So it's very interesting how some people can adapt. Some people, you know, push through and, you know, brute force their way into another solution. Or like I said, some people end up in some sort of like starvation mode. And at some point they have to tap because they're just so hungry. The other part is they are alone, right? So they're by themselves 24 seven, except for that medical check, which is like once a week or so. And I think it's like a straight up medical check, right? They're not doing any socializing or anything like that. So from a psychological standpoint, they are like alone. And if you're a really social person and you like to be around people, like it would be crazy. And I mean, I don't personally need to be around people all that much, kind of like solitude quite a bit. However, I have a dog next to me almost all the time. And I have um, basically for the last like 12 or 15 years, it's been a while, many years I've had a dog. um, So it's rarely when I'm alone, very rare. There was a six month period between dogs Uh, before we adopted a new rescue and uh, between like when our other dog Brody passed away. So anyway, being alone would be extremely challenging. So I don't need to be around people much, but I also know that like not being around anyone at all would probably freak me out a little bit. So that is a whole other aspect. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting show. Like I said, there's six seasons out there. Um, History Channel. It's on Hulu as well. And that's where we watched um, many of the episodes. We're catching up on the last uh, most recent season, which is season six, of course. So anyway, let me know if you watch that show. And um, the one other thing I'll add is, so you have the alone aspect, you have to be flexible and adapt as the conditions change and, and you have to deal with harsh, you know, co- cold conditions or maybe rainy or something goes wrong and you have to figure out a, you know, solution or a workaround, but there's also another set of people that, you know, they didn't, they didn't reach their limit as far as figuring out how to live out there. They didn't hit, um, like a a wall where they couldn't get food and they couldn't figure out how to like eat and they were going hungry. Um, there's some folks that made just like little silly mistakes. Some are purely accidental. There were a couple people that um, maybe they tripped and, and slipped a little bit. Maybe they felt weak and that led to some carelessness. But they had you know a, a broken bone or or something like that. But there were a few people that have made like silly mistakes. So that usually is like just carelessness again so someone cut their hand right they cut their hand pretty good and they knew that uh, they would require stitches they had trouble like moving their hand a little bit they were afraid maybe they hit a ligament and they didn't want to like lose movement permanently in their hand so you can't make silly mistakes again i draw a lot of parallels between entrepreneurship because i think you know there's an aspect where you have to be flexible you have to iterate You're going to have to try some things that you don't have enough information to know if it's going to work or not. You can't make, you know, catastrophic, silly mistakes that'll take you out of the game forever, right? Like cutting your hand and having to call in the medical team because you're like, well, obviously I cut my hand pretty bad. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't put the blade, you know, any sort of blade towards yourself in any capacity so anyway i draw a lot of parallels good show check it out let me know if you watch it Uh, one interesting thing as i go on these uh, various uh, you know rambling stories that are not related to affiliate marketing is uh, people email me and they're like hey i watched that show too or i just read that book and i'm a lurker i've followed you doug on niche side project for a little while but, um, you know, that book is actually like a personal favorite. And I was like, I got to email you and let you know. And that's the first time I've ever heard from that person. So thanks. Um, you probably know who you are because you listen to the show, 11, 63, Jake. So you know who you are. And, um, yeah, so let me know. I, I dig that kind of stuff. So let's get to the questions here. I'm going to start off with Mark's question because it's at the top of my sheet. And Mark, as I mentioned before, sort of sort of proposed the idea based on what he knows. And he he's a beginner. You know, he launched a site. He's about eight weeks in at the time that he emailed me. Um, and he's taken action, which is awesome. And he has heard from people that the majority of folks have sites that follow the 80-20. Just a few posts, a small percentage of the posts are bringing in the majority of the traffic. And I think that's likely on many, many sites. The interesting thing is that I, I think Mark is using the keyword golden ratio. And I just know from talking to people and then my sites where I've used the keyword golden ratio, the traffic distribution is different. It's typically spread across the long tail. And if you check out the graph of the long tail and, and what it means, if you just Google it, check out the images, the long tail goes on forever. And it's very small per- percentages. There's not a large quantity of like people that are visiting each one of those posts, but there's a lot of them. So, so anyway, my observation is that there are a few posts that get more traffic but the percentage is so small so instead of like one one post getting you know 10 to 20% of the traffic and then there's like five or six others and then the rest are or sort of spread um with a minute number or amount of traffic um i find that there's a couple posts that get like you know 1% and there's several of them that get about 1%. And then there are hundreds of others that are getting like a very small number. So the the point I'm trying to make is it's not always the case, but Mark was wondering like, all right, so are people publishing a whole lot of content so they could figure out which ones are going to be the winners? And Mark's like, well, you know, maybe you just have to do that to figure out which ones are going to be the winners. The idea with the keyword golden ratio is that, you know, most of them are going to be small winners and in aggregate it adds up and that works out well. Now, the other part of the equation, actually there's a few layers here. So, one other part is you will likely start ranking for higher volume search phrases, right? keyword phrases that are more competitive, that are not KGR, you will likely start ranking for those terms on posts that you intended to be a keyword golden ratio term. So that is a magical little thing that happens, mainly if you publish content and then actually start getting backlinks. If you're not trying to promote your site, it will be a much slower process to actually get backlinks. You will probably get some backlinks if you're doing KGR content, but you will get way fewer than if you actually go out there and intentionally get backlinks. So the point that I I want you to think about, Mark, is you may be okay. You may be okay. The other thing that we haven't even gotten to yet is you're only eight weeks in, so your content is very young. You're still in the sandbox. And um, most likely you should just keep publishing. You should promote the site. You should keep moving forward. You're probably fine. You may find that like none of your posts are gonna like really get a ton of traffic in the first six months. But there will probably be constant, steady growth. And if you could just keep growing that's perfect. One thing we forget, um we're in a hurry. I mean, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, "I want the podcast to grow faster. I want to have more viewers on YouTube and I want to, you know, get more traffic to this monster post that I just published on niche site project." And it just takes time. And and sometimes you got to you got to go back and adapt things. That'll be, you know, the second part of your question mark, but um the the main conclusion that Mark was getting to is like, hey, I was going to try and publish like 40 articles, and I feel like none of them are really going to be big winners. And that, that honestly may be the case, Mark. I doubt it. If you do 40, my hunch is one or two of them are going to get way more traffic than you expect. So you don't know which one that's going to be. There are many variables, many factors. I've never even tried to figure out like how to identify like those ones that are going to really really pop and be unexpected. I have no idea. So, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe I do just publish a lot and then I let it like come together at the end. It seems to work out okay. I know uh, it's worked out pretty well for a lot of other people as well. Quick uh, quick transition in Mark was asking about revising a post. So th- this is where like you can iterate. So Mark says that I think he published some content before he discovered the KGR and he was just targeting keywords, but he's gone back and figured out that there is a closely related keyword phrase that is keyword golden ratio compliant. And if you're completely unfamiliar with the KGR, there are a few episodes out there where I go over it. There are many videos on YouTube where I go over it. In essence, in short, it is a data-driven way to find keywords that are generally underserved on the internet. It's a manual way to do keyword research where you are running an advanced Google search command that gives you a little bit more data about the competition that's out there. So just check out the other episodes about the keyword golden ratio. And... Mark, the answer to your question is yes, you can go back to those old posts and you can improve them. You can iterate on them. And part of that can be adjusting the title. I wouldn't mess with the URL. The URL is probably going to be okay as long as it's not like contradictory to whatever you're trying to change the title to, to match up with a KGR term you may have to tweak the content a little bit. So it's targeting and serving the searcher as well as you can get it. But yeah, that's a great approach. And one thing you can do as well is pull some data from the search console. So if you go to the search console, you can look at a particular URL and you can see what queries on Google are showing up as far as impressions and clicks and what position they show up on average over a given time period. So the search console is constantly being improved. They have updates. There's actually a a pretty decent YouTube channel where they go over the updates. They try and keep you up to date. And if you just search for like Google search console, and it is like the official Google channel for that um, application. So anyway, you could check to see which queries, which keywords you're ranking for, for a particular URL. And in that case, you're able to like, I guess, just adapt your article with data that no one else has, right? It's in your search console. So you could see if you need to add a section on a particular topic, because you're not covering it, but you're getting some impressions on the search console for that keyword phrase. And very straightforward to pull uh, such a report. I'll probably make a video on it. It's impossible for me to uh, you know try and describe it in words here, but it's a pretty simple report to pull. So if again, if you filter on a specific URL, and then you're, you're uh, looking at the, the queries that show up and you could kind of just look at the number of impressions that are out there and figure out from that point, is it worth it to spend time on that particular like keyword phrase or not? If it's completely unrelated, you know, don't, don't even worry about it. But there are going to be some where you're like, oh, that is a good topic to cover. Speaking of the search console, that brings me to the question from Adil, and I will most likely do a video on this one also, so that makes me think, hey, if there are questions that you have about the search console or Google Analytics, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. Adil is losing traffic on his site. Impressions are going down, so I know that he's looking at the search console to understand that. And typically you should be able to, you know, figure out exactly where um, the issues are. So here's what you can do. And number one on the search console, which I know Adele is using it, you can um, basically filter on the like position and the impressions and you could compare it to the previous period, whatever that is. So you could take a look at, say, the last thirty days, for example, or last three months, and you can, you know, figure out a deal where and when your traffic is, uh, or when is the correct, the correct question. When your traffic started going down, you probably see that um, in analytics and the impressions. So start on that date, compare it to the previous period, um, if it happens to be a, a seasonal type niche, you may need to filter on that uh, time period and then instead of comparing comparing it to the previous period of time, the previous interval, you can compare it to the previous year. If you compare it to the previous year, you remove the seasonality aspect because you're you know, you're comparing this year to last year for the same exact dates. So anyway, if you do that for impressions, then you can sort it on impressions. Make sure nothing else is selected, only impressions. And then it'll show you the impressions for the current period, the three months, for example, versus the previous three months. And then you can sort it by the percentage which it's dropped. And then you can see, oh, it's those pages where I'm having an issue or it's those queries, those keyword queries that uh, are dropping and you can see the exact number of impressions that have dropped in those uh, two different periods. Additionally, you can select the, um, clicks. Yeah. So it's clicks and you can see even more specifically, like the people that are not clicking or whatever the percentage drop is. Again, you can sort it and then you'll have your, you know, main suspects there, and you could prioritize it that way. You know, the ones where you've lost the most clicks, those are the ones you want to hit first. The other thing that you can do is select the position. The search console shows you the position as well. So again, you'll have to deselect the other options, only select the position, and then you can see, oh, this term used to rank, you know, 1.2 on average for, all the impressions. And uh, now it's ranking number three. So you can see it's dropped two positions. Again, you can sort it and it's very easy to see where you're dropping. All right. So that's how you would do it on the search console, valuable data on Google analytics. You can do a a similar thing. Now you don't have any visibility for the keywords. You used to have that visibility, but Google removed it. So (laughs) we don't, We don't have that anymore, but you can get similar information from the search console. So not a huge, huge deal in Google analytics. What you can do is go, I think it's the behavior section, the behavior section. And then you look at the site content and then all pages. And in the same way, you can look at the period uh, starting where the traffic dropped. So whatever date that is. For example, I've been looking and filtering on different dates when Google updates came out. So I'm recording this in November of 2019. And there was a Google update that rolled out and impacted people on November 8th of 2019. So I'll go to Google analytics, go to behavior, go to site content, all pages, then I'll select the date that I'm looking for, starting on November 8th to the current date, and then I'll compare it to the previous period. And I could see that for some sites, traffic has dropped a little bit for other sites. Luckily for me, for most of the sites that um, I have, and yeah, basically, most of the sites that I have and that I'm working on, ha- have seen an increase in traffic. Um, the biggest increase, uh, funny enough is on the age site case study. So kind of cool, um, because it's just a little more growth than I expected. And you can see on the date, November 8th, traffic started climbing. So anyway, you can, um, filter the dates as you need it based on, you know, whatever, whenever your traffic decline started a deal and then compare it to the previous period, same deal as uh, the search console, you can compare it to the previous year. If you happen to be in a seasonal niche where you want to remove that seasonality. So a couple quick little tips there. And that's definitely one of those things where like there's so much power in those two free tools, the Google search console and Google analytics. It's pretty ubiquitous. Like people are like mostly use those tools for, um, Their analytics, and I know some other folks are like, uh, I use Clicky or some other thing. I think that's what it's called. And um, you know, ah, that's fine if you want to use another tool. For me, I mean, it's easy enough to just set up um, Google Analytics, and that's sort of the trusted, uh, the trusted one out there. Like, if I want to sell a site or if I want to buy a site, um, like Google Analytics is kind of what everyone wants to work with. So, uh, other places, will, I mean, places and people, brokers will accept uh, Clicky or other, other areas um, or other tools to get the analytics. But anyway, they're very powerful tools, and there's so much data in there. There's so many different ways um, that you can look at the information, and there's so many, there's just so many places to click. It's hard to tell what's important, and I never took a course or anything. I just kind of tried to figure out a handful of things. I've set up some like sales funnel tracking. I don't know if it worked a hundred percent, the way I was implementing it with a specific tool and a quick callback to a previous episode. Like when I was, uh, working on uh, this course, one of my first courses, I used something called, uh, like S2 member. And it's a fairly, technical tool. If you're going to do anything complicated, um, I guess you could make anything complicated, but if, if we were just doing like a really simple, uh, like membership site with no funnel, no like weird offer kind of things, it, um, it would have been fine. Like if we were just trying to deliver a course and put up a paywall, it would have been all right. But we were trying to build like a funnel and we were trying to have like a a one time offer that someone could buy, but only right after they purchased the first item. All those sort of sophisticated things that you see out there with the super slick marketers. Um which I, I think I'm just a junior marketer myself so my mine's like more straightforward I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, sell you like forty things like right right after you enroll in a, in my course. I'm not like, hey, do you also want to get this other thing that's four hundred dollars or whatever um, you know I don't do that I don't do that so and it gets complicated so anyway, um the point is I I tried to set up some funnel analytics, and um, I, th- I think it kind of worked, but it, we never really uh, you know made it pop, I guess. So anyway, th- those two tools are fantastic. And as you're you know trying to figure stuff out, well, shoot me an email because they're they're good videos to make. But the other part is, you know, most of the time, while the documentation is dry from Google, it's usually pretty accurate um, for most of the, the products out there. I will uh, contradict myself immediately after making that statement and let you know that the Search Console specifically has had a lot of updates in the last year or so. And I think, not always, but I think a couple times the documentation lagged a little bit and maybe it wasn't 100% up the, up to date because maybe they they changed some of their production um, functionality and then they didn't update the documentation. But generally for existing things, the documentation is very good from Google. Um, a lot of times you can find someone who has like illustrated how to do a certain thing if you search for it. So anyway, that also means um, I can do videos on that kind of stuff because People need to know how to track and and do things with the Search Console. Again, ton of data. It's proprietary. It's for you from your site. And no one else can get that data. Other people can like look at a tool like Sumrush or Hrefs and see what keywords you're ranking for and reverse engineer some stuff. Eh, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. It's even more powerful to have the search console data because no one else has it and it's free and you probably already have it set up on your site anyway, so there's no reason not to use it. To tie together the two questions from Mark and Adil even more, when you pull those reports from the search console like I said, you'll have the search queries, which that's the keyword phrase. And what you can do is basically like look at the keywords and figure out if you can add some content onto your site based on that information. So one of, one of the great things that, that I had been doing for a while and that you could kind of use in conjunction with this information from the search console about the keyword queries that are bringing impressions and clicks to your site. Um, you can look at an FAQ uh, section or look to add an FAQ section to your site. And this is one of the best content improvement methods. So, you know, if people are, are wanting to like reinvigorate their site, uh, maybe like Adil, your traffic's dropping a little bit and you're like, oh, I need to do something. Like I, I've just been not improving my content. One thing you can do is, um, check out the FAQ method. There are a few pieces of content online where I've, I've talked about this before, but the FAQ method is basically like finding frequently asked questions that people ask about the specific topic that you're covering. And luckily these days you could just Google the term and there's a featured box where there are related questions or, or, uh, what do they call them, common questions? I forget off the top of my head, but it's usually up near the top and you'll see three or four questions listed. When you click on it, it'll give you a short answer. It'll give you the reference as well so you know where to do your research. And then it'll show you a few more questions because you're like engaging with that frequently asked questions box. So Google shows you and tells you what the frequent questions are and then they tell you the answer. So it's fairly straightforward these days to figure out frequently asked questions. In fact, you could hire a VA to do it and just, hey, come up with 50 common questions about this topic and maybe only, you know, 25 of them are going to be good. Maybe a few of them are redundant. Maybe you can give your VA instructions on like how to prune the list If you end up with uh, a few redundant ones or ones that are, you know, totally irrelevant. But basically, if you come up with those list of questions, you can add that content to your post. And again, you could tie it together with the, the queries that you see. Maybe people are asking, maybe it's related to one of the questions. So it's not something where you can throw it into a tool and just have it spit out the answer. It's also something where there's nuance. So if you just give it to a VA who doesn't know what you're trying to do, it may be a little bit difficult for them to marry up the two lists and figure out like the common ground. But if you're listening to this, if you've made it this deep into the episode, (laughs) then you probably would be able to look at the two lists and figure out the common ground and then really like optimize around those keywords that are not only frequently asked questions, but they are related to things that you're already getting impressions, potentially clicks for. So you may also be able to show up in that frequently asked questions snippet area, that featured snippet. So just a little tip, like tying it all together. And this is getting deep into sort of like a more technical type SEO. This is like 2.0 stuff where you're going to improve and iterate on content that's already out there, which is a very good idea. I, I recently have gone through this um, with niche site project and I'm about to start a little well, a little project that I won't share anything about until I have a little more data but it'll end up being a pretty good overhaul on a piece of content on my site that I used to rank pretty good for and I've dropped over time and there, you know that just happens is content goes out of date because things change and and it needs to be updated and there's other content where people have you know gone and done better research <laughs> they've written a better post than I did and now I have to go and catch up, you know, catch up to where I was. And hopefully I'll be able to, you know, get back to where I was for these, these terms. But anyway, I'm using some of the same methods that I'm talking about here, plus a couple others. But, you know, when it, once I execute on it, I think we'll have some interesting stories to tell. Hopefully, like I said, I'll get back to where I want to be with um, a few of these post that used to be ranking pretty well for a handful of terms it brought in what I believe is pretty meaningful traffic for niche site project so I'm gonna leave it at that I'm actually recording this in the evening time frame which is unusual for me my wife's out of town Georgie and I were just sitting around and I was like ah you know what I kind of have a little more energy than I expected I'm not sure why usually at this point in the evening I'm very sleepy it's after nine o'clock I, I'm above uh, pretty early riser. And, uh, therefore I go to bed pretty early too. And yeah, I'm up past my bedtime. It's quiet in here. Georgie hasn't barked or anything. Fingers crossed. So anyway, if you have a question, feedback at Doug.show, there is also a voicemail number. And at this point, as long as you leave a solid question, probably going to end up on the show. Um, Quick plug for one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Tropical MBA. If you have not um, heard that show, it's awesome. It's one of the ones that I still listen to that I started listening to in 2013 when I was like trying to, you know, learn more about online business and lifestyle design and all that kind of stuff. You should check out this episode because I was featured on that show. I sent in a voicemail based on one of the previous episodes and asked a question and uh, they played it on the air. So I, I sort of figured out how to get on that show by sending in a voicemail and you could do the same thing on this show. So anyway, I will put a link in the show notes for, um, the, the show. It's, uh, I believe it's tropicalmba.com slash RV. So that you may not be interested in the topic, but, um, I'm on there, uh, for a minute or so got a little shout out. So I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, if you go check out the show, let me know, leave them, a leave them a comment, let them know that, uh, you know, you liked hearing me on the show as well. So anyway, I'll leave it at that. I'm just rambling here. You guys are at the gym or in your car or something. So I'm in a jet, have a good day. We'll catch you on the next one. Click the green button, enter your name and email address, and I'll send you a bunch of cool stuff about affiliate marketing, productivity, including all my templates. If you happen to not be subscribed to this podcast, please do subscribe. And don't forget, I welcome your questions. So you could send uh, your emails to feedback at doug.show. I got that really cool domain, doug.show, that's it. So feedback at doug.show or... I'm going to leave my voicemail number in the show notes. So all you have to do is give me a buzz, leave a voicemail, and then I'll potentially put you on the air. So looking forward to it and we'll catch you next time.